Okay. Um, I feel like uh, Rabbi Kamenetsky on Thursdays when I start every one of these questions answer things by saying this is not a 10-minute discussion. Uh, this is much more than a 10-minute discussion. These answers are not thorough and, you know, they're purposely not thorough because it's impossible to be thorough in, uh, in the amount of time given. But I just want to, I'm going to try to, because I realize that and I'm coming to that realization on day two over here, um, I'm going to try on the bigger topics to let you know where you can do further research if you're interested and to give you the basic halacha l'maysa hadracha. Right, so uh, that, that, that will be the, the two goals. You know, just what's the answer, yes, no, maybe, and uh, where you can look further as opposed to try and actually get through everything um, in the time allotted. So one of the uh, questions on the list is, uh, as you can tell, is, is a bigger topic. Um, is, uh, someone asked what the story is with chalav akum. And there was another part of the question also. Remember Glock that? And Glock Kosher. Let's do one. Can we separate we, those? You didn't ask whose question was that. <laughs> I have no idea whose question it was. I'm, yeah. Um, and, and someone doesn't have a good hand. The, the, the question about pay is, I, there was a second part to it. <laughs> no, it was pay is slash... Oh, gar- oh, Gartel? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> slash peyote. Oh, slash peyote. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Just, I didn't know how to pronounce it. Right, right. Okay. So we'll get to peyote. But today, uh, let, let's discuss chalavakum. We're going to split chalavakum and glad kasher because the two have nothing to do with each other. So, you know, they're, they're really, um, they're separate topics. Um, one thing that we need to say about chalavakum is it's one of those things that people generally assume because of the sakalacha that's been accepted widely in America, people generally assume that the nature of chalavakum is a chumrah. The nature of chalavakum, the ikar, is really a din, right? The Gemara in Avodazar Daflamet Hay says beferish, it's Mishnah, says beferish that uh, chalavakum is asim. Right? So the, the burden of proof to say that we're allowed to use chalav that's not supervised by a Jew from the time of milking is really on us who use it, and I include myself, right? But it's that, that's really the, the burden of proof, meaning the, uh, the, the, the Pashas is, it is us here. What, what's the Isra based on? So the Gemara discusses, the Gemara says, well, wait a second, if you worry that he just switches up, the guy is giving you um, some non-kosher animal's milk when, uh, and telling you it's cow milk, the Gemara says, well, just look at it. You can see the difference. There's a different color. It doesn't even look like regular milk um, when, when it comes from a non-kosher animal. Gemara says, Tahar chiver tame yarok. That it has a more greenish, yellowish. Yarok normally means yellow in the Gemara. Right? The Gemara talks about a nida. It talks about dam yarok. It doesn't mean green blood. Women, human beings don't bleed green. It means that there's some yellow discharge, a yellowish discharge. Right? So... Um, Anyway, so it says that tame milk is, 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 is yarok. It's not, it, you could tell just by looking at it. So the says, no, not, we're not afraid he's going to give you pure pig milk and say, this is cow milk. We're afraid he's going to give you uh, cow milk that has some pig milk mixed in. Because it's cheaper for him instead of mixing in all the, only, uh, only cow milk. So therefore, okay, so one of the issues that you may want to look into, the Shulchan Aruch and Yardeh Kuf Yudches, Discusses well, isn't it Batalbarov anyway? Then so isn't it Mutter anyway? Okay, but uh, you know that's uh, we, we don't need to get into that right now. The halacha is that in Shulchan Aruch Kuftes Vav Sif Aleph in Yardaya that milk has to milking of a cow has to be supervised by a Jew in order for it to be Mutter. Um, Post can discuss what about a non-religious Jew who himself would drink pig milk. It's a different issue, but let's just assume a an observant Jew. Let's assume for now. Um, 
this is a real issue. It's a real issue to the extent that the Ramah writes in your day over there that, that it, it, it makes your kalim not kosher if you have chalavakum, right? So if you really hold that it's a problem and you're not holding it with Torah Schumra, but you really hold it's, it's, it's Asr, so then the kalim are Asr too, right? So if, uh, perhaps if you have someone who's makna chalavakum at your house, you've got to be careful um, to warn him you know, about which pots you cook things in. Probably shouldn't serve him anything milchig, even if that day you bought chalavisrael. I wonder if, I don't know if people are so makbid about this. When they go to a house that's called, that, that is not makbid, people are makbid of Yisrael, go to a house where someone is not, uh, they'll probably have a coffee as long as there's called Yisrael milk. Right? So, uh, and they, they, I, so, so it's a question, why? why? But, uh, but it, it is a real listener. Ramah writes that it does, definitely does possibly Caleb. So why are many people lenient? So uh, there are three svaras, lakula. One svara lakula, is that no one milks non-kosher animals nowadays. It's better than ein davar tamid be'edra. The Gemara says, well, if the farmer doesn't have a single non-kosher animal in the whole farm, so then there's no, you know, maybe you shouldn't be concerned. This is even better than, than non... The Prichad says, it's even better than, than not having any non-kosher animals. No one milks any non-kosher animals. It just doesn't happen. The problem is, the Matthias says, that's not true. Even in Israel, they milk camels. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, that's one problem. There's also, the Chassam Sofer has a tshuva in Yerodeo Kuv Zayin, uh, where he rejects this, and he says, no, they, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's possible, not possible. It's the, there was a requirement that Yisrael ro'eu. There was a requirement that you have Jewish supervision of the Chaliva. That was the Dindra So that's, that's it. So that heter is Pashtus not going to work. Um, an, an additional possible svar laheter as a sniff, but you wouldn't use it as a primary svar laheter, is that most often non-kosher animal milk is more expensive than cow milk, because they don't do it in massive quantities like they do cow milk, and they don't produce the amount of milk that cows produce, so most often it's more expensive, so the motivation of him mixing the non-kosher milk with the kosher milk is not there because it's going to cost him more to mix the non-kosher milk with the kosher milk, unless he's, you assume he's mamish doing lahachis, but no, the assumption is he's just doing it to save some money the big heter that's out there is Rav Moshe's heter. Rav Moshe discusses a concept based on the Gemara in Shavuos Tafamadalid about Ede Yediya versus Ede Re'iya. What does it mean that you need Jewish Edim to the milking? Does it mean you need two Jews who see the milking or you need two Jews who know that the milking was done from a cow? And he argues that all you need is Ede Yediya, not Ede Re'iya. And he says, we're all Ede Yediyah, because we know with USDA regulations that they're not going to milk anything but a cow and sell it as cow milk, because then their plant's going to get shut down, the farm's going to get shut down. Plus, they, you know, it happens to be they test milk all the time for all, you know, for all sorts of bacteria and things like that. So it's not like they're not going to get caught. I Meaning, milk is tested for other reasons, you know, with all the diseases that can, you know, go through cows, milk is tested anyway. So it is something they would catch. So Moshe says, since USDA regulations would require that every farm only uses the cow milk if it's going to be sold as cow milk. And we know that any farmer in his right mind is going to follow those rules. Mimela, we're all Edom. It is Yisrael seeing it, because we're all Edom, Ede Yediyah. That's the phenomenal, phenomenally big Chiddush that Rav Moshe has the Kula. But Rav Moshe was the post in America, and it was very widely accepted. That Chiddush was very widely accepted. Um, says, Bal Nefesh Kibi Machmir, 
and there are a lot of poskim that don't like that chiddush because they say mehechi tasi ede yedi is good enough. The shulchan says you need yisrael lo milagavav. You need yisrael. You need a Jew standing there. Mehechi tasi that just knowing it is good enough. It's a big chiddush. Um, so that's that's uh, Rav Moshe's Rav Moshe's kula. <laughs> Even though Rav Moshe writes that uh, Balnef should be machmir um, in, in in Rav Moshe's fa- own family, there are many many people in his family. I can't say speak for all of them, but I can speak for many of them that are not machmir. And, uh, and Chal Vishal Milk. I know of one prominent member of his family whose wife is Makhlun Chal Vishal, but because he's a, an anical from Ramesha, he dafka has, uh, you know, Kibin he has to show that it's really mutter, so he has, uh, he has regular, uh, regular milk. The, the third sad Lukula, and it's a sad, is that, that, that some of the posts can talk about is that maybe the Gezeira was not made against uh, um, machine milked cows. That when a when a, a guy is milking the cow, so that's a problem. But if a machine is milking the cow, so then maybe that wasn't part of the because gazeros are tricky. Whenever meaning, in terms of the practical concern, the USDA takes care of the practical concern. In terms of the gazera concern, that you can't just undo a gazera. Well, the gazera wasn't made against this type of milking. The gazera was made against normal milking, not hooking it up to a cow. Ravelsky discusses this in one of the issues of Masora. Again, just giving Chaveres Yud, if you want to look it up. Again, just giving you the Rashi Prakim, not even close to a thorough discussion. Maybe one Thursday we can uh, have a good, thorough discussion on the topic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.